Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hi, it's Jessica. Before we get started, I want to take a quick moment to thank all of you, our community of devoted listeners. If you're enjoying our program, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. And if you'd like to be a part of our growing community, send us an email to reach at mavenrec.com so we can keep you in the loop on all things events related, updates, and more. If you have any recommendations, comments, or guest referral ideas, we'd love to hear from you as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Reach. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group, Jessica Van, and I have Perry with me today in the studio. Welcome, Perry. Hi, thank you. I'm very honored to be here. We are very <laughs> honored to have you here, and you slept all the way from the South Bay. It thank was, you for doing that. It was nice to um to get out of the house and remember what a commute was like. Yeah, and, and real people close. Yes. Good things to do. Um, today's episode of Reach is going to be focusing on Perry and specifically um, Perry's decision to make a change in, in her career, having been at Facebook for the previous six years. Um, today, Perry is at Roblox, where she supports the general counsel. Um, going back to her career at Facebook, she was, for the first three years of that, supporting media relations. And for the final three, she supported the Global Chief Diversity Officer. Prior to Facebook, Perry was an executive assistant at Palantir Technologies for three years and, in fact, started off her career in recruiting at Google before she found her true calling um, of the executive assistant role. So specifically in, in today's episode, Perry is here to share her thoughts on when it's time to change roles or change companies. Um, again, something that she only very recently decided to do. And I think that for a lot of us, if there's anything that we've learned during this pandemic, it's that <laughs> things are not static, that we have to adjust, that, that a lot of us have been kind of in a constant adjustment mode since all of this happened, and, um, and how to pivot and, and kind of knowing when it makes sense to do that. And so Perry obviously is coming off of a, a really long-term um, relationship with her executive, but also with her former company, Facebook. So we're interested in, in hearing from Perry about, you know, how you um, decided to make this, this change and kind of what were the contributing factors. So uh, for those who are thinking of making a move, I think that this conversation is going to be really helpful and informative and kind of hearing from someone else what they went through and what their thought process was in, um, in deciding to make that, that, that choice. So um, to get us started, Perry, we've all heard of the seven-year itch. I don't know, maybe I'm dating myself. That was famous Marilyn Monroe movie. I don't know if people even know that anymore. But we've all heard of the seven-year itch. Uh, for you, it was the six-year itch. So how did you know it was your time to move on from Facebook? And what were the factors that told you, I'm ready to try something different? Sure. 
Um, thank you for that very nice introduction. It's always interesting to hear someone else reflect on your own career. So um, I thank you for that. You know, I think for me, I have always been someone who's been a lifelong learner. Um, and for me, when I get the feeling that I've stopped learning, um, I think that's a really important signal for me to start doing um, a little bit of reflection and, and kind of think about where I am, where I am currently and where is it that I want to um, go next? Um, it's so easy to get comfortable, right? It's easy to get comfortable. You can close your eyes, get things done. You kind of get into routine. And once I knew I just wasn't feeling as excited as I used to, um, I think that's when I knew that I needed to have a hard conversation with me, myself, and I. Um, I think what really helped me, too, was a former manager of mine, and to this day was probably one of the best um, working partnerships I've had in my career, um, he gifted me this book called Range by De uh, David Epstein. And it talks a lot about just having, um, you know, interests in a multitude of things and having, you know, a kind of an arsenal of talents that you can bring to your role. And that book really helped me better understand performance, um, success, and what I wanted to do next um, in my career. I think it's really important that I also side note that, you know, change should not be impulsive. I think that it should be really thought through and calculated just like any big decision should be, right? Um, I think career changes should be thought out. I think they should um, not happen out of the blue. And I think it's important to have conversations with people that you trust, um, gather feedback, and then also knowing what's right for you. Um, and only you is important. So to, to that point about not being impulsive and making these types of leaps, when do you think those first kind of murmurs of, you know, am I really learning? Am I still continuing to evolve as a person? When did those first sort of take root in your awareness? I joined Facebook when I was 26, I want to say. Um, and then I exited, um, you know, six years later. And I think the person I walked in as was very different than the person that I exited as. So I think being just open to your self journey as you're going through a professional journey as well. Um, while, um, you know, we were kind of talking earlier, but I don't think every thing has to fit the way it did when it, you know, it first came into your life. And I think you should just be open-minded to change. I happened to listen to this excerpt of a sermon yesterday, why I was listening to this exact one, you know, the night before I'm having this conversation with you. But um, uh, a gentleman by the name of T.D. Jakes, he's a pastor, and he was talking about um, knowing when it's just time to let it go. And he was saying that, you know, our, our basically our personal growth is really predicated on being able to know when it's time to let go and being good with that, right? And being able to say, this person's part in my story has come to an end. Doesn't mean there's negativity, doesn't mean there's tension, doesn't mean it's ugly, because it doesn't need to be ugly. But it just means that their part, of your, their part in your story is done. And I'm wondering, like, you know, is that something that you went through in your own kind of realization? Or did you think, do you think you kind of fought it ever? And do you think you tried to make it work? And do you think maybe you stayed 
longer than you needed to because you wanted to make it work or you were trying to reinvent yourself within Facebook or reinvent yourself with your role. I'm just curious kind of like that, if there was any of that going on during your realization phase. Um, You'll have to provide me with the sermon information. I would love to listen to it. Um, It's amazing. I will happily do that. You know, look, even though I am not, you know, with my previous executive, I care deeply about her, right? I, I don't think you have to choose, right? Like, if this doesn't work between us as a working relationship, you know, we're over, it's done. I, I don't think life has to work like that. I don't view life that way. Um, and I think a sign of a very healthy relationship with your executive is where you can have an honest conversation about it. And to be honest with you, every change I've made, I've never sideswiped any of my executives, right? They've always been brought into the conversations. um, There's always been a discourse, a discussion about what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, and also what are the needs of this particular role, right? So here's the things you like, here are the things you don't like, here's the things I need, are we, is there an alignment? And I think, and you know, the nice part about performance check-ins and growth is use that part to check back in, right? Because things do change very quickly. And, um, you know, again, as an EA, take, take those conversations very seriously, right? Evaluate, you know, quarterly or, you know, twice a year, you know, what is it that I'm doing well? What is it that I need to work on? And what is it that this role needs to to be done well, right? And are we still aligning? Are we still on the same page? Um, And I think for me, um, again, you know, it wasn't an impulsive change. My executive and I, all my executives that I've uh, transitioned from have always been a part of the conversation with me. And I think that's why I still have great relationships with them to this day. Um, I would say pre-COVID, I would probably push a square through a circle peg Mm. for as long as I possibly could, right? Um, I was just listening. uh, You interviewed someone, and um, I want to say it was the 23andMe. Oh, Kristen Quint? Yes. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, something along the lines of, like, things shouldn't be that hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like, things can be challenging. Life can be challenging. Work can be challenging. It's not perfect every day. But I think if things are getting tough— have a conversation, you know, do some reflection on it um, and make some changes, whether that's you ask for more support, um, you know, maybe you transition roles, whatever that may be. Um, I think we all don't listen to our instincts as much as we should. Um, I know for me, um, my instincts were telling me that it was ready to to try something new Mm -hmm. and I felt good about it. Yeah. And and sometimes it, it's a process of being ready to heed that, you know, calling or voice or sa- whatever instinct. Um, it, to your point, you know, there are those that want to kind of stay and um, give it the old college try or whatever it might be. And and um, and sometimes it's not an immediate thing. And sometimes you, you have to be ready to heed to heed the voice. And there's certainly nothing wrong with you know, with with trying to work on something. But also I think that it's a matter of sometimes recognizing that it's okay 
when things diverge. Mm-hmm. And maybe it, it was a perfect partnership for a while, and that's entirely possible. You know, your executive set of needs aligned to what you could offer, what you needed as an employee and as an executive assistant um, was being fulfilled by what they could offer. And that was beautiful and it worked. And then sometimes things diverge. And there's no shame in, in I think, recognizing that and, um, and making a change because of it. I believe the f- sooner you can get comfortable with doing some reflection and being like, this doesn't quite sit right. I mean, I think just the, the better life will, will become. But um, I think that takes time and maturity and experience. Um, and for me, I think the exciting part about a new change is the opportunity to, to think, what did I do really, really well in that job? And what part did I not do so well? And, you know, areas for improvement and growth and what can I take to this new role, right? Like, what can I leave behind and what do I want to shepherd in? Um, and I think that opportunity is amazing in itself and one not to be taken lightly and one not to be afraid of, really, right? It's almost like a little mini um, reintroduction of, of who you are and who you could be. Um, so I think if the if if those feelings, you know, inside are, are making you feel like um, – you know, you need to have that type of conversation with yourself. I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. Right. And there could actually be a lot of beautiful things on the other side. I agree. And that's the growth, right? It like is. we were we were talking before we got started about, you know, oh, you know, if there was only a way to have known those things now and, and it's like, but there's just not. You know, that's that's what it is. Is it's you kind of learn and absorb the knowledge um, that you need as you go through your life, and it continues to shape and inform how you navigate through your life. And um, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, you're not quitting anything, you're changing everything, right? It's not that you're quitting a job, you're quitting a company, or quitting an executive, you're just changing the way that things present themselves for you right now for something different. And I think it's important to keep a positive perspective on change instead of thinking it's some type of failure. That is the soundbite for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was beautiful. That okay. was great. You're like, so, that's, a like that's a wrap. Let's just end right there. <laughs> that was perfect. Do you feel like the pandemic played at all into your decision to make a change? And if so, how? Sure. Um, I was definitely having conversations with myself and wondering if um, the current company I was at was the right place for me. Um, And this was probably happening months prior to the pandemic. Um, Did the pandemic make me feel like I was maybe making the wrong choice? Yes, because at that point I had already, we'd already started the transition to me, um, you know, exiting my current role. So, you know, when shelter in place dropped, I did get nervous, like, oh, am I making the right choice? Should I kind of pull back? Um, You know, jumping from a safety net during a time of uncertainty is definitely scary. But for me, I had already made up my mind, the conversations that had already been had and I was ready to take the chance on myself. Um, I can tell you the silver lining of the pandemic, it's, since it continues to now, um, I've definitely learned the value of time and work-life balance. And um, for that, I appreciate um, 
what I've learned so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's allowed a lot of things to come into focus that maybe didn't before or just in the chaos of everything else that we used to do <laughs> that we don't really do anymore. I think that certain things have allowed to take front and center in terms of what actually matters. I agree. Yeah. Um, so you started this new role with Roblox in December. Yes. Can you walk us through what it's been like to ramp up? And I mean, particularly in the context of the fact that you're doing this remotely, and I'm guessing you interviewed remotely. Yeah. So all of this is remote. So how have you been able to connect with your colleagues and actually really start to build that bridge and understanding with your executive? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely led with things that were most important to me. And I was very open and honest and transparent in all of the interview processes, which I think was a signal of personal growth for me. Um, Instead of kind of taking the backseat to my career, um, feeling like um, they were interviewing me, I actually felt that I showed up to this interview that I was interviewing them just as much as they were interviewing me. Um, You know, between the time that I had left Facebook and started my new journey at Roblox, um, I'm a a certified foster mom, and so I had gotten my first placement. So now I was dealing with being a full-time single foster mom overnight to returning to a workforce during a pandemic, being fully remote in a very relationship-based role, right? So I had my own concerns and fears. And for me, I felt like it didn't do anyone any good for me not to voice those concerns in an in a interview. And I was very honest with um, everyone I talked to at Roblox. I said, how are you supporting your employees during this time? Um, you know, what are some tips and tricks the company is implementing to make people feel connected, even though we are all working remotely? So I really led with what was important to me because I knew returning to work would be a huge adjustment for me. So I wanted to make sure that I was really supported. Um, some of the things that I've done, I would say, is um, definitely be very intentional with my time. You know, I had fears. Could I be a working mom and return to work full time. And of course, I can. And I've done, I think, a really phenomenal job. Um, You know, some things I've been is very intentional about the way that I schedule my time, right? When I'm on for work, I'm on. And when I'm off for work, I'm off. And that's just how I can maintain balance with my home life and my work life. Um, Being very communicative, um, instead of maybe typically meeting with my executive once a week, I meet with him three times a week, Um, you know, hopping on Zooms instead of doing emails, um, you know, asking questions even when they might feel silly, um, asking people to just give you a little bit of context about the company and the culture. Um, You know, it's sort of that flip-flop because, you know, six years at a company, you're kind of the vet, right? Yeah, you're the authority. You Mm -hmm. don't have to wonder how to get things done. You don't have to wonder who the players are. You don't have to wonder what it looks like to make an impact. And suddenly I'm on the the completely different side. Um, But for me, that was exciting. I don't know. It gave me kind of a rejuvenation of some sort. Um, I was excited about my work. I was excited to learn. I had all these new people to learn from. And I also had tremendous learnings that I had learned from the past six years that I could bring with me as well to a much smaller organization, right, where they looked at me almost like, how have you seen it done before? So I think it was a really nice, um, I think it was a really, really nice um, match 
clearly, you know, you're someone who is willing to take chances and do things that are very much outside of kind of the, I guess, blase kind of like, <laughs> you know, safe. You, you clearly don't don't know don't need to live in, in in the shallow end of the pool. You're clearly comfortable being in the deep end. I'm a risk to take that. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I I, I you kind of glossed over it, but I <laughs> I heard it. I, I heard somewhere in the middle of that you mentioned taking on the responsibility for another human life and becoming a foster parent. And a couple of short months after that totally stepping outside of your comfort zone yet again, Mm -hmm. leaving a very secure role of six years and doing something entirely different. I mean, wow. Like I, I didn't know you were a superhero (laughs) when I met you. (laughs) um, I guess you keep your cape tucked inside your purse, but um, that's pretty amazing. So you did mention that you talked to your executive about, you know, how were they supporting people during this time and, and, you know, how were they kind of creating this community to make sure that you felt like you were going to be stepping into a good space. So what kinds of answers did they did they give you that gave you that reassurance? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, um, you know, I do have an impressive work history. I do get pinged all the time about opportunities. And for me, I'm always willing to he- listen to what someone has to say. But I think authenticity and and genuineness kind of radiates pretty quick from people. And I think I can pick up on that. I think that's probably a strength that a lot of EAs have to have, right? Like the ability to kind of move between different types of people and kind of get information quickly, right? Um, and so for me, my read with everyone at Roblox was when they said what they, they said what they meant, right? Um, All the EAs that I spoke to just talked about, you know, the collaborative environment, each other really having each other's backs. Um, It's so funny because now that I'm on the other side where I'm actually interviewing and onboarding some new hires at the company, when I tell them, no, really reach out to me. And I mean it. I really mean it. And I didn't really think the admins meant it when they said it to me, but they just really, really do a wonderful job at manifesting this environment of collaboration and partnership that I had not seen in a long time. Um, And it's just nice to know that, um, you know, people really mean what they say. And I wouldn't say there's certain things like, oh, we all have coffee at two o'clock on Wednesdays. It's just that the attitude and the way that everyone has presented themselves to, hey, we get it. This has been a life adjustment for everyone. We have calls and we have kids popping up in the background. You know, I have my kiddo who's flying out of left field, you know, and I'm like, whoa, and there's no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, we get it. Do you need a second? You know, we can pause and no one feels, um, I felt like Roblox really allowed me to be authentically who I was and where I was in life, right? Mm. This is what I have. I have a foster son, but it means something to me. And if I'm not the right fit, right, I kind of laid all my cards out there. I said, this is who I am. This is what I need. Is this a match for what you guys are looking for? And it was. Um, So I think just being unapologetically yourself and who you are and where you are, I think is is a pretty good way to kind of navigate some of the stuff. I I agree. And I think how can anybody expect an authentic response if you don't ask an authentic question, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that when you're the first to extend that, um, 
I guess, lens into your life and what your needs are, then I think that people can hear that and they and they respond in kind. And if they don't, well, then, you know, yeah. that it, it wasn't it wasn't the right thing anyway. So since this is really fresh in, in your mind and you're still going through kind of this adjustment period, what tips do you have for our executive assistant community who wants to know, you know, how can I get up to speed on a new executive? Um, what are you know? What are some some good best practices for learning the ropes of a new person and a new organization quickly? Yeah, I would say that one of the things that I was determined to do when I started Roblox was to take take on things that I either didn't know too much about or had or didn't necessarily feel comfortable with. Right? For example, I'm not a techie, like I'm not super tech literate. That is not my space. And so knowing that was kind of a short coming in my last role, this role, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some tech experience. Right. And so here I am taking up, you know, an opportunity to learn how to build out, you know, Confluence pages um, internally, right. Knowing I had never built a Confluence page, knowing that's not my strength, but knowing that's where I was going to grow, right? And that's the learning that and you were seeking. And that's the learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and also admitting, hey, team, I've never done this, but do you guys mind if I try? I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, so that was something that I did. Um, the second thing was um, with my executive was leaning in a little bit in areas that I wasn't comfortable in. For example, inbox management and shadowing. I have never, ever lived in an inbox of an executive in my whole career. And so with him, you know, we were like, should we try it? Sure. And we'll check in, right? We'll check in. Every, and we kind of did some, um, you know, We'll start here and then we'll check in in 30 days and then we'll kind of pivot as we need to. Right. We didn't set anything in stone. But, you know, that was kind of a for me. I was like, how do I ramp up remotely knowing we don't have the desk to desk conversation? We don't have the water cooler talk. We don't have the hallway exchange of information. And email shadowing was one way that I could kind of know what was going on in his world without him having to tell me. And I think it's really helped us build trust in a relationship quickly, um, remotely. So definitely leaning into areas that you're not comfortable with, um, I think is helpful. So I think I, I, you know, I thought of it in buckets again, how do I get acclimated? How do I kind of make a quick impact, um, for my EA team? And that was taking on a task that I didn't necessarily know, but I think it showed the team that I was willing to get roll up my sleeves and, and, um, help and learn something that I may not be, um, you know, an expert at and, you know, volunteering for things, um, you know, not feeling like, oh, I haven't been here long enough to raise my hand for that. Um, just kind of saying this is my company, too, and I'm here to help since I can't walk down the hallways, mm-hmm. since I can't see the writing on the wall. How do I get up to speed in that capacity? And for me, it's I attend every single town hall. Right. I remember kind of back um, in previous companies, you know, the kind of Q&A things were kind of like, oh, I'll join if I can. Those are packed full of information. And if I can tell an EA anything, make an effort to attend town halls. I mean, if you can be on the cutting edge of all the information coming, you know, from 
the leaders' mouths themselves, I mean, what better partnership does that make, right? No longer are you waiting for that information to get down to you because if you're waiting for a, for a CEO's information to get you know down the chain to you, you might be waiting um, a long time. And so for me, really, really making a commitment to attending town halls, ask me anything with the CEO, um, tech talks, right? Just really doing, um, just making a priority to be more of in that information gathering mode has has been really, really helpful. I love that tip. I, I think that's so important to avail yourself of the information and the resources that are out there. And I really do see it as the obligation, not just of an EA, but really of anyone that's working in an organization. You need to know what your company is doing. What are the initiatives that your company is working on? What are the big rollouts? What are the enhancements that they're making to their platform? Who are they talking about acquiring? I mean, these are these are really critical bits of information that certainly as an EA allow you to support more effectively. Yeah. And I, you know, I think I think EAs tend to do a little inju- injustice to themselves, you know, how often do I hear a word, I'm just an EA? Oh, there's always that just before right. the EA. And I always tell people, why do you say just an EA? Why don't you just say I'm an EA? It reminds me when when you know stay at home moms say I'm just a I'm just a mom and it's Ooh. like woo, right? I <laughs> as as a mom <laughs> who's really you know bootstrapping this whole experience. I mean, I, you get it. You if get I it. if I have ever secretly thought that in my brain, I will never secretly it, never. It's, you know, it's yeah. um, yeah, it's um, you know, and if you're kind of carrying that feeling of like my role doesn't matter you're going to start acting like it doesn't matter. And I think from there, it'll be hard to get a lot of personal and professional development. Yeah, I agree. So 90 days is is kind of like a common probationary period, right, mm-hmm. for a lot of companies. Um, and it's it's usually a pretty crucial time for setting yourself up for success and for, for building consensus and um, support around yourself. So... Do you, again, have some some thoughts or tips on how you can make a positive impression and um, be known for doing good things right off the bat? You know, I think for me, I thought, if I can't physically be there, how can how can uh, my team get the impression that I'm there, right? And so for me, as silly as this may sound, but I, I truly believe in a, in a remote environment that we're working in, things like responsiveness, right? When I get a Slack, I respond pretty quickly. Um, when I get an email, you know, I'm not firing off, waking up in the middle of the night. You know, just just setting the impression that Perry is available when we need her. Um, I think responsiveness and, and willingness to jump in. And, for example, um, we – Roblox is, you know, as the news states, is – a you know, moving towards becoming a, a public company. And so now there's a lot of work around board meetings. And I, you know, traditionally, I th- being a smaller company, you know, you don't have a lot of these processes built out. So, and I think where I identified a type of EA that I used to be and a type of EA that I've become would be the scenario where, I would have waited for someone to provide me some type of information that I could take action on, where instead with this new role, I thought 
I'm going to create the information, and if it's incorrect, then I can get feedback that it's incorrect. So instead of waiting to receive information from someone, instead I created it, and then we collaborated on making it what it needs to be. Um, and I think that's important because if you if you you'll be waiting a long time if you think the things you need from an executive are the only things the executive needs to deliver on, right? So instead, um, you know, in this first kind of 90-day probation period, I've really made an effort to craft something, right? If we need to draft, if, if we need to send out communications, instead of waiting for the communications outline to kind of be sent to me, I just create the outline, and then we just work from there. Even if everything I've put down needs to be erased, at least taking that proactive, um, you know, hey, I took a shot at it. It's also an ability to learn your executive's voice and the culture of the company, mm-hmm. right, um, through edits and revisions. Um, so I think those are some of the ways that I've tried to uh, make an impact in a short amount of time. Yeah, well, it's a starting place, right? Yeah. And even if it's even if the conversation is about revising, it's still a starting place that jumpstarts the conversation. I agree that, you know, in the old days, accountability to your job or to your executive was typically measured more with kind of FaceTime for, yes. for most of us, not everybody. I mean, some companies have always been remote, and that's great. Um, but for most of us, it was measured by being there. And so to your point, if you no longer have the ability to see if somebody is at their job, doing their job, so to speak, then things like timeliness and responsiveness on communications and emails and Slack and all that becomes so important because it's really the only available means of measuring whether someone is engaged and doing their job. So to your point, I think it is really, really critical, especially in that 90-day time frame that we talked about where people are sort of assessing you and you're assessing them and you guys are kind of building that confidence in one another. You've got to be got to be present. Yep. And I think another and I now kind of in this Zoom environment for me personally, I log into every meeting 2 to 3 minutes early. Because that's how I show my professionalism. That's how I show my respect for someone else's time. And I have logged on early and people have logged on very late and left me hanging, but again, I, you know, I, I showed up, I was there and I was ready to receive the information. And to me, I think that also creates um, an impact, right? You know, Perry's always on time. She's prepared. She's, you know, because it can feel a scramble. You know, you're like hopping in between screens. Um, and, I, and I try to be cognizant of that with my executive too, right? Like, hey, give yourself a couple of minutes to prepare for the next meeting. I've also learned that the screen fatigue of sitting all day is real, <laughs> And so whenever I can give back extra minutes, I always do. And I don't think it's rude at all. I think people are so grateful for it. Um, Hey, you know, that's all my talk. You know, those are all I had to cover. Do you have anything else to cover? I would love to give you seven minutes back, right? And they're like, oh, you know, thank you so much for that. Um, So being cognizant, right, of just the human struggle of Mm -hmm. sitting in your house, sitting in the same chair all day, um, not getting those walking breaks between buildings or between conference rooms, um, I try to be uh, uh, really cognizant of of that w- as well. And I think that is a way that you can show your working style as mm-hmm. well. I love that. Exactly. That, yeah. that consideration is really meaningful. 
So um, I have one last question for you, Perry. Yes. Um, which is our infamous reach question. If you could support anybody in the world, dead or alive, whatever, who would it be and why? Mother Teresa. Oh. I would love to learn from someone who just seems to be incredibly selfless. I think that would be a very interesting uh, personality to mm-hmm. be exposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would certainly inform a lot of um, life lessons. And talk about an impacted schedule and calendar, man. Oh yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> she would be. She would need a lot of efficiency and optimizing for sure. I would imagine some just very, very inspiring and interesting conversations. I would think so to be had. Mm-hmm. So maybe I would just be her. Maybe I could just be like her friend. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be your EA, but can we be can friends? We be friends. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, Perry. Well, this has been a very fun conversation <laughs> and enlightening. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for cluing us in um, to your to your thought process. And thanks for being willing to go to go deep and talk about what was really top of mind for you and what you were feeling and working through. Very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. It was such an honor. REACH is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.